I've spent the last 12 years attempting to build the ultimate clinic gym hybrid facility where we offer advanced sports chiropractic and the ultimate in exercise progressions. Now I've sold that business and decided to take the plunge to create a massive change within the world of chiropractic. My goal is to get a hundred other chiropractors to completely revolutionize our industry and provide exactly what we want our patients to experience while helping to double our profits and maximize the license that we're given. But the real question is this, how can we create this massive change without becoming sleazy salespeople or doing crazy marketing efforts? This podcast has the answers. So follow along as I learn, apply, and share the information from the best minds out there into this Clinic Gym Radio. I'm Josh Satterley, and I'm happy to have you here. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Clinic Gym Radio. It's your host, Dr. Josh Satterley, and I'm on today with Dr. Justin Rabinowitz. Justin, how are you, my man? I'm good. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Thanks a lot for taking the time today. I know you just finished a uh, grueling day on a Friday of busting out your patients and then getting ready for a workout yourself. So I appreciate you squeezing us in between. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Thanks. Nice. So Justin, you are the owner of Strive to Move out in New Jersey. Is that correct? That's correct. And for those listeners uh, who don't, don't know you, aren't familiar with your setup, can you give us like a 30 second description of how your practice goes? How it's set up? Yeah. Yeah, so um, we're in New Jersey, and we work with active athletes and adults, CrossFit, you know, semi-private gym. Um, you know, people, not everyone is an athlete, as we call it, but everyone's active. Everyone, you know, wants to do something physical, and, and that's the type of patient that, that we attract. And uh, we're a rehab-focused practice, rehab soft tissue, and that's, you know, generally how it goes. Fantastic. And as far as, like, um, the practice, how many folks are, are in there? You have a receptionist, is it just you? Is there another clinician? Yeah. So we have, um, right now it's me. Uh, we have a front desk person, admin, we have a back end, someone that helps with billing. And I have like a tech guy that I call him. He does all of our back end work that way. And about a week ago, we actually just got an intern out by from one of your former uh, guests, Dr. Ben Ramos recommended him. And nice. he was a student at, Southern University, I guess, Health Sciences. I think that was SCU, baby. That's where I graduated. Yeah. yeah. So he Finest chiropractic there. college in the world. Well, <laughs> studs like you come out of it, ready to go. Um, so he uh, graduates there in December and he's from New Jersey. So he's moving back home and Dr. Ben hooked us up and he just started with us last week. So he's going to be with us for a few months. Awesome. Awesome. Very cool. So you are, uh, I want to, I think you, you're like an expert in communication. Like, uh, that's what I really noticed about you. You communicate well with your patients, their trainers. Um, even, you know, you, you communicate well with what you're doing and what the plan is. So I want to dive into that. But, um, so you're basically working, you said active population. So you're working very closely with both the patient and their coach, fitness trainer, uh, so, some other person that's kind of involved in what they're doing. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah. As we look at our clinic numbers, the number one referral source is past patients, which is a lot of clinic. Sure. Our number two referral sources, gym owners, coaches, fitness trainers, uh, that type of thing. So that's something that's very, very, you know, close to what we do and somebody we have a, have a great relationship with. And, you know, the way that, that I see it is what we try to do is create a, a win, win, win for everybody. So, you know, obviously for our practice, we win when we can see a patient that we can help. Um, for the client, the best thing for the client is we believe if they come to us, we'll be able to keep them working out and we'll be able, well, we'll be able to rehab them from their injury. Uh -huh. And then the third end is the coach or the trainer or the gym. 
Um, if we can keep them working out while they're going through their rehab process, the gym wins because now they haven't had a, you know, person come off the books, come off their, uh, you know, their schedule and, and they continue their training protocol. All right. So I want to kind of go through this, uh, this pathway with you and see what tips you have for our listeners, because you are doing it right. And you're, I know that pretty soon you, you got an intern and you're hoping to expand your clinical staff here soon. So obviously things are going well. Um, so first up, what you've learned when you went early, early on. So for those young, young clinicians out there that are like, Hey, I want to build a relationship. I want to get this, this type of population. When you would go into the, the gyms and the meet the coaches and the trainers and all these people, the fitness experts, what have you learned as far as your communication? Like what works and what doesn't? Maybe tell us a horror story from the beginning of when it didn't work because that's usually the best learning environment, right? Yeah, I think most of the time when it's truly forced, and I had this conversation with one of my classmates yesterday, he's actually has a contract with, uh, not Equinox, with SoulCycle. He actually treats SoulCycle coaches. And he has wow. a, a re- renewing contract. And, and he, we had it literally yesterday, he said, you know, to walk in the door and say, hey, I want to be able to help you is, is a very hard proposition. But to walk in the door and utilize the service first, get in that way, that's the way that you're going to develop the relationship. And then, then he was telling me the story of how he, um, he was taking SoulCycle. The, the coach of SoulCycle that day wasn't on the bike. because She had tweaked her ankle. And after he's like, hey, why don't you come on in? Let me help you out. Um, and, and, you know, so it started from there. So I, yeah. I think, you know, the best thing to do, whether it's yoga, whether it's CrossFit, whether it's a gym, is you actually have to utilize the service. You have you should work out there. Go t- go take a golf lesson. Go take a tennis lesson. That's how you're going to build rapport with those people, rather than you know walking in and saying. And everyone says, "Oh, how can I help you?" Like you basically you can help them by becoming their client first, <laughs> uh, right? And then and then develop that relationship as you go. Right. It's just I, I think a lot of clinicians lose sight of that. But it's like when you get hit up, I know that you got recently hit up by one of these quote unquote marketing experts online, right? And they, yeah, exactly. But if that had been a patient that said, hey, I understand what you do. I love what you do. And I just want to tell more people about it. That's a much different conversation about will you use my services than, hey, I don't know you from anybody, but by the way, I can help you get bigger. And it's like, well, how do you know that? I mean, maybe I'm big enough, you know? Right. They don't yeah, I mean, no, I, 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 a hundred percent and, and. Uh, we always know, know, like, and trust, but yeah. to me, I've never felt it. It's, it's hard to build trust in that very short, like transactional relationship. So, you know, the relationships obviously take time and, and, and honestly, like, how is that? A lot of times I think the coaches trust us more when they see us actually busting our butt in the gym sure. and not complaining and showing up on time and things like that. When I go, I don't cancel my appointments. I make sure I'm there on time. I, I do my program. I'm easily coached as a client and without them knowing it, like that's how they're going to be like, Oh, this, this dude's legit. You know, yeah. he's legit. This guy's referable basically. Right. Like I would yeah, trust exactly. if I send my mom or my friend, I'm not going to get screwed. Exactly. Yeah. hundred percent. Now, did you do it poorly at first? I mean, have you always known this or, did you have no, to learn I mean, some of this? 
I think I'm still learning because truthfully, you know, I, I give that advice because that's the best way for me to do it only because I'm generally pretty introverted, which I think a lot of us actually who yeah. are in this space, even a guy like Paul Goff will admit like who I work with and you've had on the podcast, he'll admit like, he's like, when you, if you're not talking to me about business or sports, like I'm, I'm a mute man. I don't even talk. <laughs> um, and so I'm generally pretty introverted as well. So kind mm-hmm. of going out and putting myself out there always is, is an effort. It's not like the easiest thing for me. And mm-hmm. so it's easier to go and, you know, be a member and be a part of something first to get out in front of people. So when I do fail, it's usually, if I'm being honest, it's because I don't go out and do it enough. Yeah. That's great advice, man. Great advice. So, so let's say they do refer somebody and on this idea of communication, they do refer somebody that patient calls in, right? Now, a lot of people struggle with this because they're going to ask that question because you're in all cash practice. Is that right? So we're out of network cash. So we'll bill for some people, but in generally, if you look at our collections, it's like 50, 50 cash insurance, no Medicare, um, uh, no Medicare, no in network. So, yeah. So I think for a lot of people, that's the dream right there. We just spoke of, but they don't quite know how to get there. Can you help us with the communication of patient calls in and says, Hey, uh, you know, my trainer over at ABC fitness told me you're the best. Um, do you take my insurance? Yeah, exactly. And everything we're about to talk about again, I have to give credit to my mentor, Paul Goff and you know, the background of it really becomes a lot of people don't even know what to ask. So that's what they start with. Right. And so they're just asking that as a, a space filler. They're trying to start a conversation and they're asking, do you take my insurance? Yeah, because most people, if you think about it, they're not going to call a doctor and say, my back hurts. Can you help me? Um, even though that's really a lot of times what they want to know. Right, yeah. And um, so, so what we often do in those cases is, you know, not, we, don't def- we don't deflect the question, but we actually want to get to know the person first. You know, because we've had situations where that's some people's first question and they'll say something crazy like, I'm, like you know, I have a 10 out of 10 pain. I can't get out of bed. Like, what do I do? Like, well, whether we take your insurance or not, like you probably should go to the ER, <laughs> you know? So there, there are some times when getting the case history and, and understanding that on the phone becomes yeah. so relevant to developing that relationship with the patient on the front end. So, you know, we basically tell our front desk staff and say, you know, we'll certainly can answer the questions about all your insurance, but if it's okay, I'd like to get a little bit more information about your, about your case first. And then, you know, you could tell me what's going on and we'll see how we might be able to help them, help you. And right from there, like as Paul would teach, it's permission-based. So we're asking them, hey, if it's okay, can I ask you a few questions? And if they say no, no, please just tell me if you take my insurance. We answer the question. We're not trying to withhold information. Um, but permission-based, so we ask them, hey, if it's okay, can I get some more information? And, and what we learn about most people in that situation is when you open the floor to allow them to tell their story, they, they're going to go. And, and, you know, we have a series of questions that we ask them, you know, how long has it been going on? What else have you tried? You know, what's it affecting, what's it, affecting it in your life? And, you know, and we think and hope that, you know, compared to most other doctor's offices, they're like, whoa, what these, these people actually are asking questions that are relevant to, you know, me rather than like, oh yeah, we take Blue Cross, you know, okay, we'll see you at 12. Come What's on What's your in. ID number? What's your policy number? What's the three digit code on the back of your car? It's like, none of that has to do with them as a human, right? And, and we, I've seen it and I've seen it in a few offices where, it, you know, you don't know what the other side is until you know what you're doing. And I've literally listened to other conversations of, hi, this is XYZ chiropractic, uh, out of network, Blue Cross. okay, have a good day. 
And that's it. That's literally the conversation. They don't get any information. There's no on the front end. And you know how we know because people call us and do that. And even if it's 20, 30, 40% of the people that become patients, extrapolate that over the course of your career of how many yeah. people that we've been able to see and help. And then from a revenue standpoint, how much you know cash we've been able to generate because we'll have that conversation rather than just having the opposite end of it. That's awesome. Yeah, I, it's, it's funny because like you've started off, it, it's like if everybody just went back to the basic of connect with the, the person that's in front of you or on the phone, that's basically what you said with the gym owner or trainer, right? Connect with the person and do that by showing like, I'm not just looking for a transaction. I'm actually looking, I believe in you as a fitness trainer, a golf pro, a tennis teacher, whatever it is, that's fantastic, right? And now on the phone, they're going to ask questions, but, but you're trying to just find a way to create a conversation between two people and then also give them information instead of exchanging information and it not being personal. Right, exactly. And so taking it, just not making it a transactional relationship from the start. Um, yeah. And again, just learning about the psychology of how people make decisions, you know, the more money, the better service you want to offer somebody, generally the way it works is it costs more money. That's just basics, right? In order for people to spend more money, they need to trust you more. And so we have to do everything in our power to get them to that point. And so we've built those things in place and keep refining them on how to continue to build trust on the front end of it so that we can offer the service we want and they can, you know, and we get them to pay the appropriate fee for that. Yeah. I'm reminded of that joke. Uh, you go up to a woman at a bar and you say, Hey, do you want to go, do you want to go grab some pizza and then go back to my place and have sex? And when <laughs> they look appalled, you go, you don't like pizza. <laughs> that's, yeah, not, right? that's not the issue, but everybody focuses on the pizza is the issue, you know? Yes. So, yeah. all right. So, so you have that phone call, it goes well. What are some other tips or, or ideas that you always want to include on that first initial visit? Like that person for the first time is coming in your office. Um, you know, we all think, okay, that's the time to do the history and the physical and do you yeah. know, ortho neuros. But yeah. your tips are basically, hey, connect the human. So before I ever put my hands on that person to do orthos and neuros, what, what do you suggest? So people are going to, it's interesting because we all, people listen to this podcast come from a progressive world of like, we want to, we don't want to be the other, the bad side of chiropractic, which was right. always like, bring them in for an exam and then, and then bring them back for a report of findings and bring them back for an x-ray and then bring, you know, it's a four step process. But as I've kind of learned and backed up, if using our progressive, you know, knowledge, but also understanding why some of that happened on the front end, but doing it ethically, it's actually, a lot of it is super beneficial. Yeah. Um, I, oh my God, you're hitting a nerve with me because so many people want to throw out like that, like throw out this idea of doing say an ROF. Like I don't do ROFs. I, I just tell them on the first visit. And, and I think I just had a friend, his wife, unfortunately was diagnosed with stage three breast cancer. They went down to MD Anderson. She got an exam. They got a bunch of tests on that same day, right? They did blood tests. They did uh, MRI, CT. They, um, they did a bunch of other stuff. And he said, you're sitting there. It's the worst moment of your life. You're overwhelmed. You're crying. You're holding each other. You're scared shitless. And he's like, if that guy would have walked in with all the information, we wouldn't have known what to do. But what they tell you to do is we'll do all our tests on, for him, it was like Tuesday. There's a hotel right next door. Stay there. Have dinner. Uh, go for a walk in the morning. Come back on like Wednesday. And we're going to tell you everything that we found. 
So you come back and they present all the findings and say, this is what it is. Now, let me just give you an idea of how this progresses if we don't do anything. And then let me give you an idea of what happens if we do treatment A and treatment B and treatment C and how long that'll take and what life will be like over the next six months. And he said, it's still a lot of information, it's still overwhelming and they've got pamphlets and you know, you're taking notes. And he said that second visit has nothing to do with treatment. There's no prescriptions, there's no surgery. It's just discussion and he's like, that's the best visit we had the whole time, you know? Yeah. 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 And I, so I have this discussion with a lot of my friends because again, it would be like patient calls up, you get them in, you do your hour long, you know, eval and treat on the first session. And, and you go from there. We've actually gone from that first phone call. And again, this is from Paul is we do that a 30 minute consultation where we do no treatment. We just go in and develop that rapport and ask questions about what's going on. Um, just, it's, it's basically like a mini eval on the first to do a range of motion. And we get an idea of what's going on, ask them the questions that are relevant and we don't do anything. And then we suggest whether or not we think it's a good idea for them to come back for an exam. And now the objection and the pushback on that, that I've gotten from my friends is like, yeah, but how are you not treating people on the first visit when they're, you know, in this chronic pain and they have all this issue. And what I always tell them to do is go back and look at your last 10 or 20 patients how many of those people were true emergencies, right? right? So we get maybe one a month that call up that day, can't move my neck, got to get in an emergency. We treat them differently. That's a whole separate protocol. The majority of our patients are like, you know, the guy to this morning, my back's been bothering me for 10 years. And now I started CrossFit three months ago. It's gotten a little bit worse. And so like whether- so 10 years and two days is going to be okay. We well to create the relationship on the front end, right? And yeah. to deliver him to have an understanding of what's about to happen is going to be much more valuable for all parties as we go forward, as opposed to me getting my hands on him the first day, teaching him to hip hinge, telling him to fix his posture, doing all that in a, in a 45 minute in an hour span. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I'm not neglecting the fact that he has back pain, but you know, also understanding, and that was a big conversation with our front desk. Um, we had a guy once who called us and the instructions were, listen, if it's a true emergency, let's get him in that day. Like we don't want to make anyone wait. And, um, we had a guy once who called up and said, he, I, I was cleaning my house. I fell through my ceiling or my floor and I dislocated my shoulder. I got to get in. <laughs> and so my admin who's, who's great. And, and at the time was going through it. She's like, all right, we'll get you. And we got him in in like an hour. I bring the guy in to do his history. I realized that all of this happened, but it happened three weeks ago. And so for him now, again, think about the psychology of this for him at that time, he finally decided on that day that he needed to be treated and he was ready to go. But really it wasn't an emergency for him at that day. It was like, he wanted it now. He wanted it, but truly like he was stable. Like he was in, he was in pain, but it was emergency for him, but it wasn't a true emergency. So right. again, it's about understanding like, you know, where people are coming from and, and, you know, true emergencies versus like, I woke up today and I'm ready to go for treatment. I want to get in yesterday. And, and had there been, uh, not to fault you guys, but had there been more conversation on the front end, your secretary may have discovered that this happened three weeks ago. We had, you know, and we, cause we were every Friday we came, we had our meeting today, but we go through that conversations and we actually just got a recording system not to like be play, you know, parent, but to say like, Hey, what happened on this call? Like, what could we have done better? 
Um, and, and it goes back to, you know, for us, especially for certain populations, like we 100% truly believe that in our area, we're the best option for people. And mm-hmm. if we believe that to be the case, then it's, you know, we, we have to do the right thing on the phone to get people to the right place, to get them in our office, to be able to affect their lives. You know, yeah. and so we really believe that. So those conversations on the front end are, are as important to our treatment, if not more. Hey, we'll be right back with our interview with Justin Rabinowitz after this quick message. Hey, as you know, Clinic Gym Radio now has a corporate sponsor. It's like in Fight Club where he says Fight Club now had corporate sponsorship. Uh, we're not sponsored by them, but we're sponsored by the CSA, the Chiropractic Success Academy, which you can find more info about at membership.csacircle.com. Again, this is the Success Academy put together by Dr. Bobby Maybe and Dr. Kevin Christie. Uh, you might know either one of them from their podcasts. And Dr. Bobby Maybe uh, runs the FTCA and built the FTCA uh, event and the map and everything, all things FTCA came out of his crazy brain. And Dr. Kevin Christie is all about the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show and uh, and the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Group. They are really leading the charge with how to make chiropractors successful in private practice. So I'm really excited for what they're putting together. You can find more about it at membership.csacircle.com. And that's the Chiropractic Success Academy. So they look at Every chiropractor is having kind of four skills that they have to keep sharp and keep improving. And that's clinical skills, communication skills, the, them as a doctor or as a person, and then production of media, meaning you're going to have to do videos, you're going to have to do Facebook posts, you're going to have to do Instagram posts, maybe uh, summits or public speaking, whatever it is, they're going to come to you with fantastic ways to improve in all those areas. So if you are interested in growing yourself, growing your practice, and really striving to, as we say, maximize your license and live the life you dream of, then please go check out membership.csacircle.com and see what the Chiropractic Success Academy is all about. I think it's a great thing for practicing docs. It's got a great active Facebook group. You get a, um, on the front end, you get some services from both Dr. Maybe and Dr. Chrissy that are just, they're, I don't want to open the kimono up too much. They're just incredible uh, what they do for you on the front end, I think, is worth the price of admission. So, uh, and that's just that's just day one of month one. So imagine what it'll be like three to six months in, man. Uh, and you got a bunch of people who are going through the same stuff and dealing with the same issues that you can bounce any question off of day or night and probably get a great answer. So, if you're interested, check out membership.csacircle.com, and we will get back to our interview with Justin right now. So once you just, you, you have that patient in your office and I'm trying to go through a, a time-wise progression, yeah. you, you do that ROF and you outline okay. what, you know, what care is going to look like over the next few weeks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you, we have the, we call it, we do our first phone consult then they come in for what we call a discovery session, 30 minutes. We do basically, as you know, uh, we do a top tier SFMA. Awesome. Basic range of motion. And yep. then we do our, our history questions. And then from there we, we say, you know, we think if we think you're fit for the clinic, we tell them their best next step would be to come back for a one hour eval. And that, you know, today's session was to figure out what, what's going on. And if, if we can help the next session is to figure out why. And so the next one will go deep into all of their ailments, you know, everything going on. We'll, I know in my head, we'll break out their SFMA. We'll check a lot of their progressions and we'll determine at the end, you know, if a treatment plan, what it would look like and if it's right for them. 
Um, and then we always end it with, you know, but it's always up to you. You know, it's, it's your decision. We'll, we'll present you with some options and it's, it's on you to make a decision. So, mm-hmm. you know, we are selling, but we're selling by giving them a choice on what happens next. Nice. And so one so, step at a time. Yeah. So we talked a little bit earlier about like what, what you've learned and what you suggest. If, if you do have to take somebody and you're saying, Hey, why you have pain? Well, why you have pain is because like you were talking about a woman with knee pain, right? At, at CrossFit. Yeah. And uh, so you helped her out. You want to re- tell that story again, if you don't mind. Sure. Yeah. So we had a patient come from the, our local CrossFit gym who I've started to develop a relationship with. And uh, her chief complaint was bilateral knee pain for years and years and years and was basically ready to give up in it, CrossFit, you know, basically done with it because everything she did hurt. Um, and so she I comes have a feeling in. Though she was consistent in making some progress though, right? I mean, I, I've seen people like this as well. Like the quitting way? of CrossFit's like a big psychological event because they, they're doing well. They're, they're consistent. They love their friends. They love the community. Five, six days a week. Yeah. I mean, she's there. actually a funny story about that. The same patient was referred by another patient. This other patient yesterday came in jokingly and said, what are you having Anne do on Thursdays with her rehab exercises? We used to just get there at 5 a.m., drink coffee and foam roll. And now she has exercises to do. She's like, I want Anne back. I'm like, sorry for giving people things to do. I apologize. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, you're, you're right. Like, uh, I got this from, I don't know, Dr. Greg Dore. He's a, one of the factor guys. He's a big game in sports chiropractic. And I interned with him. And one of his lines to his patients was always, listen, if I have to pull you out of activity, like you should be out of activity. I'm the last guy to do that. I'm going to do everything in my power to keep you going. And we have the same philosophy at our office. So nice. you know, you're right. Anne was five or six days a week, 5 a.m. CrossFit before she went to her job as a teacher. And, you know, that was, that was a huge part of her, her life and her existence and, and what yeah. she wanted to do. So, um, you know, the last thing we wanted to do was pull that, pull that out, you know, from underneath her. Right. And so in addition to really good, you know, musculoskeletal care, you basically went through her program and kind of made some modifications, right? Yeah. So to get into the, into a little bit more granular with Anne, with her knee pain, she obviously had pain in what we would expect her squats, her lunges, her running, and, you know, steps for her were a problem with her. Any any major knee flexion, right? Any knee dominant exercise, but then there was a, 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 a red flag in the sense of not a red flag, like cancer, but a red flag in diagnosis of, okay, tell me about what else you said. Oh, my knees also hurt when I kettlebell swing and when I deadlift. And so if you have a background in, in weights, we know that those are hip dominant patterns. And so if she has pain in her knees when she's doing hip dominant patterns, that's not a knee problem. That's a deadlifting problem. <laughs> and so for us, for two weeks, we just reworked her hinge. We were, and I actually have it on video, what she was before and after. Um, we reworked her hinge pattern. We reworked her kettlebell swing. And so we taught her those patterns so that when we program those, we actually knew that we were going to get the effect we wanted. So that was step one. Don't, let's not worry about your knee pain. Let's worry about fixing your patterns. And I bet she, there, yeah, go I ahead. Bet she was uh, about three days after you fixed her pattern. I bet she hated you, man, when she woke up because Hip, hips things, and hamstrings. Oh dude, it would have been just smoked. Anyway, but her knees didn't hurt. That's awesome. But her knees didn't hurt. So, so the next step then was to take a look at her programming. The gym she's at is very, very organized, really, really well done. Nice. Their whole programming for three months is on a Google Doc. Wow. I have the Google Doc, and I basically took Monday, and they had their warm-up. They had their, their, their exercises for the day and everything that I saw. So today was squat day. In parentheses, it was deadlift day for her. 
It was uh, a run in parentheses. It was a row for her. It was a lunge in parentheses. It was a kettlebell swing for, and, and we just went and replaced all the things that I knew would irritate her with things that she could do. And then there was workouts that she had no problem with that. I didn't touch them. And so, you know, about a week or two ago, you know, she had done three bouts of six months each of physical therapy for her knees over the Woo! course of a couple of years. Um, and Kairos uh, feel bad about these long treatment plans, man. <laughs> That's yeah, thievery right there. Yeah. Six months of, of PT. And, and when my, my intern actually asked her, well, what did you do in PT? Cause she was, he was like shocked that she would, he's like, Oh, we were doing strengthening of the quads and, and, you know, typical, you know, regular stuff, not nothing wrong, but it wasn't effective for her. Um, and so that was step one, two, and three was a fixing her patterns, B fixing her programming. And now, you know, a few weeks in now we're working on her knees actually. Now it's like using actually, I know you had Todd Riddle on using like factor protocols to actually go into some of those painful patterns and was, work. Was Todd the inspiration for your beard, by the way? No, Todd uh, wasn't. I don't, I know Greg, not even Todd, but uh, Greg Dorg because he co-founded it with high, right. but I, I, uh, I, I'm going to shave soon cause I have a wedding coming up. So if I get, go too long, everyone's going to get pissed. Riddle's just yeah. got like some serious beard game, you know, it's on point. So I've only seen it on camera and on video, but it looks legit. I, after when my beard gets that long, I get real itchy. So I can't let it go that long. Yeah. So I don't know. It takes, it takes debt, uh, dedication. He actually factors it every morning just to kind of stimulate <laughs> the hair follicles. I heard, you know, <laughs> throws a little emollient on and just kind of works it back and forth. <laughs> that would work. Good. That good. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, so you you found all these exercises that were knee dominant, eliminated those, gave her some alternatives. Yeah. I think you you're such an expert at this, Justin, that I don't want to skip over that. Can you kind of talk about that? This drives me nuts when people go like, oh, you know, we said before the recording, oh, uh, Justin, um, you your knees hurting from running, so don't run for four weeks. And it, especially to people who use running, like running's interesting. It's it's therapy as much as it's exercise. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah psychologically you, you don't want to be around that person after they don't run for four weeks. <laughs> right. You know, now your right. life is in danger. Same with this woman. If you take her out of CrossFit and she's been CrossFitting at 5am five days a week, you take her out of that. You're not yeah. going to end up with what you think you're going to end up with. It's not the same person without knee pain. It's a grumpy, angry person uh, that, that needs to, it's like, a dog that doesn't get ran for, for four weeks, you know, like the thing's scratching at the walls and, and chewing on the couch. So uh, what have you learned to kind of do replacement work? Like, Hey, you can't run, but you can do rowing or you can do biking. What, what's your yeah. tips on, on uh, communicating that to a patient? Um, obviously we have to read the person first of all, to understand where they are. Cause if they are that type and some of them are very, like whatever you say, they'll do, you know, whatever you, Hey, do this, do that. They're fine. Some of them they're going to push. And so knowing what type of person they are, like, sometimes I have to say, listen, you're going to have to work with me a little for a while, for a few weeks. Just give me a couple weeks. And even the driver with that, they'll be like, okay, like I get it. Like, but you can't fight them. It's like, you know, come help me, help me help you. Mm -hmm. So the first step is just getting that buy-in on the front end with it. Um, and then also, especially in the CrossFit world, you know, the conversation that I have with those patients or clients is I, I kind of ask them, it's really important to know what their goals are. But that's the most important thing. I said, are you, what, what's your goal in CrossFit? Is it to be able to be fit and active and lose some weight or do you want to compete? Because it doesn't matter what you're competing in. If you're competing at some point, something's not going to feel good and you're going to have to do stuff that's not great. 
but it's a much That's different all competition is who can suffer the most and still come out on the other side. Right. Exactly. And so, you know, it's CrossFit's an easy one to look at because, you know, in weights, you and I both know we can modify almost anything to make it work mm-hmm. for the vast, vast majority. Sure. Um, but if you're competing in CrossFit, that's a different animal. And, you know, I respect people that do, but it's a different conversation. So once I can get clear, like for Anne, it's like, Hey, what's your goal? She's like, I just want to be able to work out and not be in pain. I said, okay, so we might have to make some modifications. Are you okay with that? Yes. Okay. So now she'll do it. And, and once she starts feeling good, it's like, cool. Like I can go to the gym. I might not be able to do everything, but you know, I can do 75% of it. Um, and so it's about understanding, you know, where they are in the world, what their goals are. Like, I mean, again, our people that have a fitness background, if a patient's goal or a client's goal at the end of the day is to lose 25 pounds, you know, they don't need to be deadlifting 700 pounds to lose 25 like that, it doesn't, X doesn't equal Y. They need to, obviously, we know how, what they need to do they, and they need to be healthy enough to do it. And so the conversation mm-hmm. with those patients becomes, listen, like your job in order to lose 25 pounds is to be consistent in the gym. And if you go to the gym and get the crap beat out of you and you can't lift for four days, you're useless to, to anybody and your goals. So we might want to take a step back to take four steps forward. And then, you know, again, hope most of them start to understand like, okay, yeah, he's speaking my language. I want to be at the gym and he actually wants me to be healthy. And he's right there with me with going to reach my goals. So now, you know, you start to build that rapport because you reach them at the level that they are. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Uh, so once, once somebody following a logical progression, you've, you've modified the program. Now let's say they're out of pain, right? Yeah. Yeah. I know that you've done a really good job in business of not just, I call it the balloon treatment. Like a lot of people do all this work and then they take the balloon and they just like, let it go. Right. They just let that thing drift off to nowhere. And it's like, she did all that work to build this relationship. The person in love with you. What, what do you do differently to do that handoff at the end? So the person no longer has pain. What, what suggestions do you have there? Um, again, depending on the person. So some of them are ready to go back into programming and they're ready to, I have to know obviously where they're working out and what the workouts are. So let's use Anne, for example, like she's going yeah. back to the CrossFit gym. What would you do there? Um, we are, you know, for her, we're still working on seeing how far we can push some of those knee dominant patterns, right? So she knows all the things she can do. So now, you know, step two and three is to figure out in those knee dominant, specifically like a squat, for example, how much can she tolerate and what can we get her to? So how much can we load her? So actually Anne's last session, you know, day one and any squat motion bothered Anne's knees. Sure. Anne's last session, we, I literally have a table that goes up and down and it was like, all right, Anne, here's a 35 pound kettlebell. I'm going to raise the table up and you're going to squat. Okay. That felt fine. Good. Let's lower it two inches. You're going to squat. Okay. That felt fine. Let's lower it two inches. And we just found her tolerance. So now we're back into moving into some squatting motions to see, you know, how far can we push this for her without any pain? And then just staying within her pain threshold and her load threshold, I'm going to start loading those patterns non-painfully that were painful once before. So um, it's all about load management, fatigue management, and, you know, range of motion management to -hmm. go back to the things that bothered her before. So that's going to be our progression with her. And so right now, um, you know, 
she's been doing some Olympic lifting with catching the bar high so she doesn't get into deep knee flexion. But now we're working on seeing how far she can catch and, you know, what back, what type of goblet squat progressions and box squat progressions she can do. So that's the next step, managing load, managing fatigue and managing patterns. So when you, when you feel comfortable and you take her back to the gym, Mm -hmm. uh, how does that conversation go? Do you, do you kind of alert the trainer? Hey, here's what we worked on and here's what we went through. Here's what I'd like to see her do or not do. Like, how do you handle that aspect of it? Um, we, so there are still for Anne specifically, they have her, they know what her program looks like. Uh-huh. So they're looking at that. Yeah. And, do they realize and just, I mean, we talked about this before, but do they realize what a financial loss they take when they, you know, somebody is injured and like just takes off? Like most of the gym owners that you work with? I think, I think, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, I think that it's, you know, it's not, it's hard to quantify until I have one gym that, you know, it's funny. The only time they send me a client is when the client is off their, is off their books. And it's like, they just want me to rescue them. Yeah. And it's like, listen, like this would have been effective six months ago. You're this person's gone. Like they, they, <laughs> what's that line from wedding singer again, this is information that would have been useful two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I know when I get a client from them, it's one that they're just trying to rescue. Yeah. Hey, she hasn't been in in four months. Can you get her back? And like, well, four months ago, I might have been able to. Five months ago, probably would have done a good job. You know, like yeah, kept her in there. Yeah, but no. To your you know to your point, and and the other point of that is one of my friends who I work out with, who you know we sent patients back and forth, um, does a great job coaching, and he does semi private coaching, so it's one to four, one to five ratio. But he came up to me one day, and he's like, you know, every time I send you somebody, it's amazing how much the patterns that you teach them stick. And it's not that I'm a, I don't think I'm a better coach as much as I think that I have the ability to do a one-on-one and, you know, he's coaching four or five, you know, adults or athletes at a time for me, like I can literally spend 30 minutes or an hour with somebody breaking down the fine, finer points of a hip hinge and loading them back up and then send them back to the gym. That's much easier than in a fitness setting when they're, you know, when there's music going, there's five other people, they're sweating, they're trying to lose body fat. It's a yeah. much different environment. And so that factors into it. Yeah. I love, what a compliment to you, man. Like, yeah, no, it was nice. Well, there's so many people that do rehab and then the person sits down in their car out in the parking lot and, you know, it's just like an hourglass drizzling out their function. It's like when they get home, it's over, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's a great, that's a, that's an awesome point, Josh. And I think, um, you know, when I work with a lot of the clients that we do, they come in and they want to know, I hurt my back deadlifting. Like, you know, it's something in the gym. What did I do wrong in the gym? And you know, most of our clients work real jobs. Um, so, you know, the guy that had problem deadlifting, he's also an executive at AIG and sits on conference calls 10 hours a day. And so the stuff he does outside of the gym affects him way more than in the gym. And again, it's like, you go, they come to me because you're a sports guy and you know, deadlifting. And it's like, all right, we're going to like work on you not, you know, sitting to the point that you have shooting pain down your leg. And they're like, oh wait, this wasn't, yeah, but that's what you need right now. Yeah. It's not the hour in the gym. It's the other, other hours you're at work, right. And in horrible positions, bent over and beating the hell out of yourself. Yeah. And, and it's, um, you know, again, we learned that patients are complex beings of when school, they told us, you know, patients are allowed to have more than one problem and that, that not everything is because of one thing. So yeah. I have a whiteboard in my office and everyone that comes in, cause everyone's like, you know, do you think it was because my quads are tight that my back hurts? Or they'll say like, and I literally take a time, I take my marker out, I make a circle and I make like a chart, like with the a pie chart. 
And I say, you know, most injuries, it's probably because your quads are tight and it might be because, you know, you've had bad posture for years and it could be because maybe we need to lose weight and you have inflammation and you have this. And I said, there's so many factors. I said, you know, my job is to take the two or three most important ones and take them off the table. And if we can do that, you know, we're not going to fix everything and we don't have to for you to feel really good. And they're like, oh, okay. You know, that, that seems reasonable enough. Dude, right there. That was, that was worth the price of admission. This pie chart thing right there. That was it. It's funny. Like I, you're just such an amazing communicator. I like how the, oh, by the way, was, uh, that, that has probably been worth 50 grand over the last two years. You know, that little pie chart. Yeah. Yeah, I think people intuitively understand it. Cause like, especially for us, we don't want to fear monger patients and they'll come in with their MRI results and, you know, to, to illustrate to them that, you know, their hernia, this herniation isn't the end of the world and that they can have pain. Even if we see this on the MRI, um, to be able to communicate in that way of like, yes, this could be part of it, but it could also be that you sit for too long and your deadlift technique's not great and you have inflammatories and, you know, the disc herniation on the MRI, we can't control. So why worry about it? Let's take yeah. these things that we can control and work on those because that's empowering. Like it's empowering to know that you can fix something, you know, what's on the MRI. They have no control over that at this point. And again, trying to build that relationship, but saying to them like, Oh, like, wait, I'm in control of this. It changes it, changes the game. for them. I love it, man. Awesome. Well, Justin, this has been just pure value for our listeners. Um, I feel like you should give a shout out to Paul one more time. So for those people yeah. who are like, uh, wondering where you got all the info and I know he's been on our podcast. Great guy. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, you want to, yeah, we had a call we had a call today, actually, uh, yeah. before I got on with you, Paul, Paul Goff, G O G O U. Jesus, G G H, I think it is. He's a he's a British lad. He's actually moving out by you soon. He's moving to Summerland in about nice. a week. Yeah. Very cool. Um and but he's a physical therapist from England who, you know, runs a consulting company now who I've worked as a he's been my business coach for about two years. And so a lot of the things that I've, you know, just shared today from how to communicate is is, you know, based off of his stuff and then obviously as he would tell us, adapt it to you know, your situation. So he's all over the social medias and has a couple books out. So, you know, if you're out there and, and thought anything I said was good, if you want to get it from the source, that would be, that would be the source. Awesome. Well, Justin, how can people get a hold of you if they're interested? If uh, they want to kind of, you might have to ask you a couple questions or get some tips. Yeah. No, we, uh, we encourage it. Like I said, we have an intern right now, like our, you know, my goal of, of our practice is to create an environment that we you know we are, you know, teaching and providing, you know, something for people to come in here and, and have a great experience, obviously learn how to be clinicians and, and learn that there is an ethical and, and good way that you can run a good business and have a good practice. And, and that's, wow. uh, you know, always been my goal as since I started school was to, you know, run a solid business and also run, you know, practice the way that I wanted to. So if anybody, you know, wants more information, I think more people then are out there that want to do that and don't know how it's possible. We'd love to be able to chat with them. Nice. Um, What's the best email, way? Yeah, email drjustin at strive, the number two move.com. So um, Dr. Justin at strive to move.com. Yeah, and I tell people, you can find me basically anywhere at, at either at strive to move, our, our business, or my name, Justin Rabinowitz. Yeah. Facebook, Instagram, our website. Um, you know, if you have the internet and put it in Google, you'll find me. Luckily, somewhere. it's a pretty, pretty unique name, so it doesn't uh, pop up too often, right? Good. I mean, I hope so. You know, when going back to starting the business, we, I listed about 50 names and we ended up with this one. So that was, cool. uh, that's what we ended up with. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, 
I feel like we could include a link to your uh, to people to donate for your your upcoming wedding and nuptials. Maybe you know, kick down some uh, honeymoon money, but we'll be classy and you know they can give if they want to. So I, uh, I've got a we've got a sweet honeymoon in January planned at Jackson Hole, Wyoming. So if anyone wants to pay for our like lift tickets out there, you know, any any donation would it be awesome. nicely accepted. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you very much today, Justin, for the time uh, and all the tips. It was, I think, like I said, man, pure value. Uh, And for everybody listening, do what Justin did. Go out there, maximize your license and live the life you dream of, which includes honeymoons in Jackson Hole. So Justin, (laughs) thanks a lot. And on behalf of Justin Rabinowitz, this is Dr. Josh Satterley. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Clinic Gym Radio. If you're ready to double your profit without working longer hours, please visit clinicgymhybrid.com and find out how easy it is to get started on your path to freedom. That's clinicgymhybrid.com.